Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. I'm known as the Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level, high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Jim Lee. He's a financial futurist at Stratfi. He has 30 years experience. He is also the author of the book, Foresight Investing, A Complete Guide to Finding Your Next Great Trade. I have Brandon Mahoney. He's the co-founder of LaunchPoint Labs, a national venture firm where he is an expert in creating sales departments. He is known as Dr. Startup. And I have Alyssa Hecker. She is the go-to general counsel, collaborative partner, and creative problem solver for businesses and arts and entertainment industries. The question I have today, what is your conflict resolution style and when does it serve you and when is it not ideal? Brandon, kick us off. So my style has definitely evolved throughout my career, throughout my life. Uh, I would say it started off with more of like a competing, avoiding, fighting each other, uh, depending on the situation. But now I have definitely fallen in love with, and I primarily use a collaborating style. I feel like it works well, both in my, my personal life and my professional life, which I have now kind of feel like has become a part of my personal life as well. Making sure that everyone's getting the best possible outcome to me seems to work. I haven't experienced too many times where it hasn't worked unless it's been like a, a yes or no scenario where it's like we absolutely have to do one thing or the other. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I like it. I definitely agree. My father's also an attorney. And I was always raised that if everybody walks away feeling that they gain something, then it's a win. Um, so that's how I go in. Although I do have to say, depending on the folks with whom I'm having negotiations or discussions, sometimes my mommy voice has to come out because sometimes they're acting like toddlers and I just don't have patience for it. And depending on the party on the other side, a combative side does have to come out. I'm definitely with Brandon and I'm always more collaborative coming in, but it also depends on the parties with whom you're you're having the conversations, mm -hmm. what they respect, how they respond and that kind of thing as well. Because again, you want to get the most success for, for what you're going in. Mm -hmm. Jim. Yeah, well, I'm curious, Robin, actually, just given your experience as a performance psychologist, what types of conflict management styles are there? What do you have to choose from? Yeah, so there's a whole list that I have them in my book and I can't run them off the top of my head, but I can definitely tell you for me and Brandon, I love that you said that yours has evolved because when I was younger, I was certainly conflict avoidant, avoid, avoid, avoid. And then I would use the volcano method of conflict resolution, which is it's fine, it's fine. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's not fine, it's a disaster. And you just scream and carry on and whatever. So that's one option. Another option is the kitchen sink method, which is when a discussion starts, you throw everything at it, including the kitchen sink, drag up everything that's ever happened in the entire planet. And you end up talking about something that's not actually the issue. There's collaborative, which has been mentioned here. Um, there's also kind of the curious, which is what I try to use now. I try really hard to be curious in conflict, but all of that means you have to manage your own emotions. And I think that's one of the hardest things. I'm probably in the curious department. Mm. Uh, and it, that involves usually asking a lot of questions and um, trying to figure out where other people are coming from. And, and in my case, it's trying to diffuse issues before they even become issues. Mm. And because I can't change anyone, I'm not right. that persuasive. I'm not that amazing at turning things around. So I just try to anticipate what's coming. Do you ever have situations where you feel like a conflict has gotten out of control and you're like, okay, now what do I do? Absolutely. Uh, generally for me, it's, I'm thankfully not in it at the beginning for the tour to evolve that way. I usually getting involved at the point where 
it's it got to the point where the the argument, the conversation has shifted from trying to find a resolution to these two individuals or two teams are now just at heads with each other. And so now it's it's like let's settle minds before we start actually figuring out what we need to do to correct this. Yeah, I think another effective way is also just to take a break, walk away. I don't know if we're talking about business crises or personal crises, but to just say. This is like if you're shouting at each other or you have a battle of egos or there's a dangerous situation happening, just remove yourself from the situation. And if you need to come back later, take a break, go to the bathroom, take a walk and uh, settle. Because it's really often when you get in it, it's like it's like going to bid on something. I got to go higher. I go out and you just get caught up in it and you take a step away. You're like, why am I doing that? That is not mm -hmm. in my best interest. So mm -hmm. just take a moment. I do find that when you walk away, one thing I try to teach teams is that don't just walk away, say, I need a break mm -hmm. and walk away because that way the person knows, I hear you. I recognize we haven't solved this yet, but I need yep. to walk away. If you just turn and walk away, then you get, don't walk away from me when I'm talking to you. And that isn't good either. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, they, I, think, I, yeah they think it's over and you're walking away from them. And that's, mm. that could be even more damaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I would use, avoid the word break, because that mm -hmm. sounds like break up. I would just say, hey, can I have some time to just process on this and get mm -hmm. back to you? And that's kind of mm -hmm. my indicator that I need a little time to figure things out. How do you manage your emotions to be that effective, Jim, to be able to say, I need some time to process this? How do you do that? I'm not that emotional. <laughs> you seem very zen. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? How do you manage your own state in a situation? So more often than not, I'm talking about business situations. And so I, I have to be able to control it and remain level-headed. Mm. On the relationship side of things, most people I've dated have used the kitchen sink setup pretty effectively. So I, I generally lose there anyway. Seeing that, yeah. 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 There, there's an old country song. There's a line in it that goes, we bury the hatchet, but we leave the handle sticking out. <laughs> Alyssa, how do you find that you uh, maintain your composure? Because you obviously you're in some pretty high pressure situations. Yeah. Well, I first of all, in business, it's not personal. So mm -hmm. I, I always remember that. And in, in, in personal things, I can't control how the other person's feeling. I don't know what they did that morning. I don't know if someone yelled at them before they crossed the street. So I can only control how I react to them. Mm -hmm. And if I stay cool or if I feel myself getting a little hyped up, I know I can bring myself back. And like Jim was saying, ask some questions, try to figure out what's going on. As long as the other side from what I've seen, either professionally or personally, feels heard uh, and recognized, like what you said before, Robin. And I think that that takes a lot to diffuse the in any kind of crisis. And then we can either come to a resolution or not, but at least we haven't lost integrity. Mm. I, I feel like in personal situations, I'm thinking about my family, which has quite- it, a, It's usually family when you're in- Yeah, a substantial amount of conflict yep. in my family. And what I find is that they want to be right and for me to be yep. wrong so badly that- there's not really an agreement to be had. And so I've come to the decision that I only talk to them about safe topics. Mm -hmm. And other than that, I just stay away from it because I know I'm always going to be wrong in their eyes and there's yeah. no changing that. I had that conversation with a very close family member recently where she gets escalated so quickly and I don't know what's going to trigger her. And I said, listen, you're right. Because to me, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. If it's mm -hmm. someone I love and her feelings are hurt, I don't need to be right. I know in my head what I'm doing is right for me she needs to be right. So take it like that doesn't change my day. 
if she's right. What I'd like to kind of circle back to, how did you develop your style? I was very much, like you said, you were, I was very avoidant. And then it would just pile up, pile up, pile up. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, now I'm going to win no matter what. And I, it, then it went super conflict. It was working with individuals at a time where I was like, I got to be professional, but I also really care about these people. They were my friends. They were my coworkers. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure they, they get the best for themselves. But I also need to make sure I get the best for myself and the, and the company because that's how we become successful. I started to adapt to that style and it ended up, I felt good. They seemed to feel good. It didn't seem to impact our relationship professionally or personally. Mm -hmm. Jim, how did you develop your style? I'm a social science guy and people are just kind of interesting. So <laughs> it's not that complicated. That's because you're just so laid back. You're like, yeah, well, you're like the my biking. husband, Russ. You're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll yeah. figure it out. It's fine. Get enough biking, it's all good. <laughs> right, exactly. Alyssa, what about you? Yeah. I've always had really good mentors. And from the very beginning, I was put in positions of strength. Like, you can do this. You can do this negotiation. You can go in. And I watched the different styles. And I was never adverse like I didn't want to do avoidance I watched the folks who had egos who went in combatively and I saw that that never ever worked and how people talked about them when they left the room and their reputations um, and I knew that if you want to have a good reputation you have to really be someone with whom people want to work and very often you end up on the same side and then tomorrow you're on the opposite side so if mm -hmm. you have a collegial relationship and your reputation is someone of trust and reasonableness and collaboration, then that's, that's going to carry. Mm -hmm. I think I developed mine by doing things that didn't work a lot. A yeah. lot of times where I would end up at the, on the backside of an argument and be like, I did not handle that well. What Point, Robin, is that most of the time you have to put the relationship ahead of whatever you're arguing about. Mm -hmm. And there's that fraction of time where what you're arguing about is really important, but it's usually pretty small. Right. Exactly. Well, that is our 10 minutes. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon.